listening to the sermons from St. Timothy's Church. For more information, please check out our website at stTimothystores.org or come visit us Sunday nights at 615 at the St. Mark's Chapel right here on Yukon campus. And now, as we spend time engaging with God's Word, we want to create space for God to speak to each of us individually to start a conversation with us that will continue throughout the service and hopefully as we go home tonight. So as you listen to God's word being spoken directly to you, I really encourage you to pay attention to whatever word or phrases or emotion stands out, whatever you experience. Whatever stands out, let it be the start of a conversation with God. Ask him, God, what are you trying to say to me through this specific word tonight? And as we prepare to hear God's word, I invite you to let go of any stress, anxiety, or physical pain that you're carrying in. So just join me as we close our eyes, take a deep breath in, breathing in the goodness of God, and a long, slow breath out, just letting go of any worry, fear, anxiety, or pain. And just one more deep breath in, just soaking in that goodness. And one long, slow breath out, just letting go of anything you brought in with you tonight. So, Father, speak to us through your word. We are listening with open hands, with open hearts, and open minds. John 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come only through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known.
Well, that is a powerful and a beautiful verse. And tonight we're going to dive into the poetry of John's prologue together. But first we're going to pause for just a minute and get a little context for John's gospel. Because we're going to spend this semester and next semester on a deep dive into John's gospel. Because I believe it presents a powerful and compelling picture of Jesus that will really help anchor our hearts to him. In John's gospel, Jesus doesn't try to keep his identity as the Messiah secret, like we saw him doing when we studied the gospel of Mark last spring. And he doesn't teach in those sometimes confusing parables that he tends to do in Luke. What's special about John is that he talks freely and openly about himself. Not in short, cryptic, confusing sentences, but in long, elegant, evocative discourses that are rooted in metaphors people could relate to and understand. The bread of life, the living water, the good shepherd. John is single-mindedly committed to helping his reader connect with both the humanity and the divinity of Christ impressing them with this mind-blowing, crazy miracle that from the beginning of time, Jesus was fully God. And when he came to earth as the Christ, as the long-awaited Messiah and Savior of Israel, he was still fully God, yet also now fully a man. A complicated thing to understand, but one of the beautiful mysteries of our faith. And John is a little different than the other three Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are generally referred to as the synoptic gospels. And synoptic is just a fancy word that means same view. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke tend to have the same view on the life of Jesus. And they tend to share some material. Each has its own emphasis. Each has some of its own additions. But the three synoptic gospels tend to share stories. It's as if they were all sitting at the lunch table together and swapping Jesus stories. And each story shows up in a different place in a different way in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but they tend to be familiar and suggest that they were Matthew, Mark, and Luke were familiar with each other. But John is kind of off to the side doing his own little thing with his beautiful poet's soul and his very particular vision of Jesus. And John's Gospel is probably the last to be written around 90 A.D., And most scholars agree that the primary author was probably the Apostle John, who led the church at Ephesus and left his accounts of his time with Jesus to guide and encourage his community after he was gone. And throughout his gospel, John refers to himself as the beloved disciple, or sometimes the disciple whom Jesus loved, which to our ear might ring a little narcissistic. But it's really just more evidence of his deep personal relationship with Jesus. And that's one of the beautiful things about John's gospel. John wasn't just a follower. John was a faithful, devoted, beloved friend of Jesus. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to work our way through John and explore the person of Christ that John so lovingly presents in his gospels. Seven separate times in the gospel of John. Jesus tries to help people understand who he is by using unique and distinct metaphors. Metaphors that would have been common or familiar to them, uh, but need a little unpacking for us. So he tells the people, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. And these metaphors meant very specific and personal things 
to this ancient agricultural audience. So we want to understand what Jesus meant when he taught them. We want to translate them to us today. What does it mean for Jesus to be these things to us today? And I think it's important to look at what Jesus says about himself. Because what's the best way to learn about Jesus? I would argue it's to know what he says about himself, how he self-identifies, how he self-describes. Not just what other people say about him or think about him or claim about him, but precisely and specifically what he says about himself. The best way to know anyone is to know what they're passionate about, what they're committed to, what they want to do with their lives, who they think they are. And so I'm going to suggest that's the best way for us to know Jesus. And our hope is that by the end of the semester, you're going to know Jesus in a new, more personal way. You will know what he says about himself, and that will resonate deeply with your heart and your experience. So that he's not just a stained glass Jesus anymore, but he's your Jesus. He's your bread of life. He's your way. He's your truth. He's your life. So you can say with the writer of the Song of Songs, I have found him whom my soul loves. But we're first going to start where John starts, with his opening poem, his opening hymn to Jesus, his famous prologue. And John starts the prologue in the beginning to directly echo the book of Genesis, which also starts in the beginning. And this is very intentional, a beautiful poetic device, because John is telling a new world history, a world history that has been rooted in Jesus from its first moments, and a history that will be redeemed by Jesus in its final moments. And we could do ten sermons on this prologue. There is so much packed into it. Lightness and dark, John the Baptist, the word, truth, logos, So much beautiful poetic language, so many important themes. But we're going to focus on three topics that are central to the prologue. The word that he talks about in the very beginning. The relationship between John the Baptist and Jesus. And lastly, our own role in witnessing the glory of God, the glory of Jesus. The first chunk, verses 1 through 5, focus on Jesus as the word, the logos, the eternal and everlasting truth everlasting truth that always was, always is, and always will be. And then the second chunk, verses 6 through 13, focus on the role of John the Baptist in preparing the people for Jesus' coming and differences between John the Baptist and Jesus. So when this text talks about John, it's not talking about the Apostle John, the author John. It's talking about John the Baptist. And the third chunk, verses 14 to 18, suddenly the pronoun shifts to we. And this chunk discusses our role in recognizing and experiencing Jesus. So one of the benefits of being a smaller community is that we can really dive into this text together. It's not just what I think is important, it's what we all think is important, what stands out to each of us. So I'm going to give you some time to look at each chunk. I'll give you about two minutes for each just to list everything we notice about that chunk. 
And this is what we do when we face a hard text, when it's complicated, when it feels a little convoluted, when there's a lot going on. Just read a passage of scripture and write down everything you notice, everything that stands out to you, every question that emerges. And then over time, you can work through those questions, you can bring them to God, you can bring them to your study Bibles, and hope that those questions will start to untangle. And there's space in your bulletin to write down everything you've noticed, and then we're going to come back together and share what we've discovered, share what we've seen, share our questions, and kind of try to wrap our heads around what John is doing in this prologue. And unpacking this prologue together is going to help us understand really three important things. Who is Jesus? How can we experience him? And how does experiencing him change us? And those are three huge things. And we're just going to get started on them tonight. So let's dive in. And then I'll be excited at the end to come back together and share what we've learned. And for those of you following along at home, I would just invite you to download the PDF you'll find alongside this message on our website and take notes for yourself. For each chunk, what stands out for you? You don't have to do this in a group to get something out of it. This is a great practice to help start untangling a complicated verse and see what God highlights for you. So even if you're doing this at home by yourself, you're not missing out. There's so much that God has for you as you... as you look and examine and notice what's going on in this text.